0: Listener
1: Production. It's the Footy Talk Podcast. Liam Flanagan and Simon Black with you today. Lots to get into. Alistair Clarkson, a chance to return. What does Richmond's head coaching position look like? Will Andrew McQualter get the job? And Blackie, obviously, we're getting ready for tonight's game between the Lions and the Tigers.
0: Yes, and Flanners, I'll be telling you who I think should be in Brisbane's best 22, who needs to be in Brisbane's best 22 for them to win the Premiership this year. Be any chance of winning it.
1: Welcome to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of AFL. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that bell so you never miss an episode of Footy Talk. Liam Flanagan here today, joined by a man who did it all in the game of footy over 300 games, three premierships at Brownlow. How many best and fairest, Simon Black? Three. 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 Were you robbed of some? Sounds like you're a bit dirty on that number. Yeah, a couple, Rocky and Brownie. But <laughs> oh, I haven't forgotten that. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 all good, mate. Good to be if, with you, Flanners. How are you? I'm, I'm going really well. I'm going. We've got lots to rip into today, but we do have to start on a sad note with the tragic passing of of Matt Randell, an absolute legend in the game of footy. Obviously, as a player, 164 games for Fitzroy, and then uh, um, some extras as well with the Brisbane Bears. But then what he went on to do after. Uh, playing life as a recruiter and an assistant coach and and sadly passing away over the weekend.
0: Yeah, tragic news, wasn't it? He's a great football person and universally loved around the industry, uh, as you said, a player and a uh, big impact in the recruiting space. And uh, look, I'm I lucky to meet him a couple of times at a couple of lines functions over the years and um, he had that big presence and aura and, and big bubbly infectious personality about him that a lot of people want to. Um, had a lot of great friends uh, within, the, within the game and um, yeah, really, really sad uh, you know, week this week for the game as a whole and, and certainly for the, the clubs that he impacted as we, we spoke earlier about the Adelaide Crows, his impact there recruiting there at Collingwood also and obviously at the, at the Brisbane Lions or Fitzroy and the Bears, he played a few games as well, mm-hmm. Flanners, so he was well versed uh, around the competition and uh, yeah, a real loss to the game
1: you talk about obviously his playing career and and the and the Lions will wear black armbands tonight when they take on the Tigers in in memory of um of Matt but just to touch on his his work as a, as a recruiter for a moment because you were given the career you went on to ha- go and have you were a cheapie at 31 in your draft year and and Matt Rendell the Adelaide Crows fans my dad is a massive Crows fan and yesterday when when the news came out he was reminiscing on on the impact that Matt left on the Adelaide Crows with obviously uh taking Dangerfield in that 2007 draft instead of Brad Ebert which you know we know how that played out and then Rory Sloane I think Sloane Sloane was picked 44 in 2008 wow. the year after Danger yeah. and I mean you look at what Rory's gone on to achieve and he's another bargain he's a Simon Black type bargain he was um
0: he was a great obviously eye for the talent. Um, no doubt about that. He was a, a guy who I read an article yesterday, really strong around that, um, Paddy Dangerfield decision. And, um, I heard there was other others outside the, around the club that wanted to go down the, the local path with Ebert. And he said, no, I'm sticking to my guns here. And, and what a great call that was. Um, no doubt about that. Fantastic call. Um, and yeah, just, uh, just, he, he had obviously great presence, great authority by the sounds of things as well. And, um, he 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 was a connector of people from from what I understand. He was a real um, likable person, but really would really connect the footy club. Mm. Captain Fitzroy, uh, all the players loved him and the way he went about it. Um, I know Scott Clayton, he's one of his best mates, speaks extremely highly of him uh, in lots of different uh, facets of of the man that he was. So it's yeah, it's a real loss, mate, real, real loss, and um, I'm really saddened because I had the fortune to to meet him a couple of times as well.
1: Well, you know that the AFL community does remembering these type of people really well so you're sure that over the weekend not only with tonight's game that he'll be remembered appropriately uh, let's talk about some other news that's come out today which is the potential return of clarko uh, to to the kangaroos setup i mean it feels like he's the forgotten man somewhat it's been 6 weeks since he since he took some time away from the club over these uh, these mental health issues and the and the fatigue that he was under uh, not yet. He's not coming back this weekend. He's he's potentially targeting a, a round 19 return to the club. But do you think that's, you know, you know, Clarko and, and you know the impact he had and how good he is at what he does. Do you think um, if he's ready to come back that, that he should come back this season?
0: Yeah, I do. He's, he's been, he's their coach, isn't he? He's, he's needed a break and he's obviously gone away and had that. Um you know, and what a what a great a fresh Clarko. If, 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 if as long as he's fresh, as long as he's gone away and cleared his mind, he's had a obviously a really really challenging um, you know six or twelve months. So there's no doubt, you know it's worn on him. He's needed that break. If six weeks is long enough, and he'd be a warm welcome back. I must say, I think Rats has done a really good job. Um, but you know, Clarko, great to see him back. I'd love to see. You know, it's been a struggling club for a while. I'd love to see them in the next couple of years really fight their way back up the ladder, ladder Flanners. Um, you know they've really done some 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 hard yards. So, Clarko, a big part of it. It was looking really promising earlier in the year, the way things started. So hopefully he's refreshed, rejuvenated, and he gets his playing list back, playing some really good footy again. And um and the the, the Kangas can start to the, fight the you know begin their journey back up the ladder again.
1: And potentially getting Luke Davies Union back this week as well. Incredibly talented young man. So uh, some good news there for North Melbourne. Let's talk a bit more about the coaching landscape, Blackie, because. It's a strange. I mean, obviously Clarko taking the time away like he has, and then Dimmer came out and and made the announcement, which which sort of felt like it threw the whole coaching world into flux a little bit. All of a sudden, there was more pressure on Stewie Jew as the cap as the coach of the Gold Coast Suns again. But you, I mean, half the coaching lineup is your ex-teammates, Blackie. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty nuts, has not it?
0: Oh, look, it's it's been. Uh, I mean, if you look at the, the great Hawthorne sides from the 80s, there were so many of those players that went on to coach AFL teams. Um, you know, they were coached – those players were coached by the great Alan Jeans and John Kennedys of the world and um, our Lions team was obviously coached by the great Lee Matthews so that he, he had a wonderful impact. And, and, and the way those messages down the line, the years, the generations get transformed is, is really cool. It's such a great part of of sport and, and coaching in general, planners. And um, you're right, um, I guess to pick one uh, – one player who, I'm a little bit on reflection, but I wouldn't say reflection, Craig McRae, what he's doing and has done the last 18 months or so at, at Collingwood, he is one guy, when you look at the attributes of a modern-day coach, he tick, ticks, my goodness, so many of the boxes, so many. in terms of, you know, connections is such a big part, building relationships, being able to unite a playing group um, his ability, he's a registered school teacher. Um, he used to run our mad Mondays and free trips, which you can't, you can't understate that <laughs> ability about connection and fun and humor and, um, bringing the group together. And he's got a sharp edge as well, knows the game very well. And what I would say hold on, is, well, don't,
1: don't gloss over this footy trip story here. We need to go back to this. <laughs> what do you mean? Craig McRae ran your football trips?
0: Mate, he would run out or we'll start with mad Mondays. He would, if we kicked off it, you know, nine o'clock. I think you had to scale if you weren't there by nine nine on the dot. He would have it lined up from nine till probably nine p.m. with activities and challenges and games, and he would just be in his absolute element. He'd spend half a season planning it, and similar with <laughs> the footy trip. We'd <laughs> be well, actually just while I think one of my favourite things, Fun, is this is not responsible drinking, I must say, but this is back in the day. You, you know the old different bar time, map? different time. Yeah, you know the old sort of two, three foot long bar mat that sits on top of the bar, you know, you put your beer yeah, on, yeah, so yeah. It, it, it spills. He would he, grab one of those and if, if you know, you're having a conversation with a couple of blokes at the, you know, at the, at the pub they're at, and if he slipped it behind, this was the rule that he, he told everyone, and you stood on it, someone stood on it, you had to scale the beer that was in your hand. Mm. So he'd sneak around all the time, he'd roll this little bar mat out and he'd try to get blokes... <laughs> Sculling their beers and essentially pole wax by midday. And then after that, we'd have these, these like the beat test. If you ask a lot of AFL clubs and players over the last 12 years, there's a thing called the beat test. Obviously, the running beat test. This is a sculling beat test that <laughs> Craig McCready um, <laughs> orchestrated back in the day for us and uh, created a lot of fun and a lot of <laughs> probably uh, excessive drinking, no doubt. But it was some hangovers. Guys.
1: It's created some hangovers. Yeah. But that's so it, but, okay. But from that, from, from, okay. Has an ability to to make a group of blokes, you know, enjoy themselves. But did you, I mean, then, you know, his playing career is unquestioned as well. But then did you, what was it that made you think this is, he can take this ability to bond a group and, and turn it into, because what he has done with Collingwood, I don't think anyone saw it coming necessarily.
0: Oh, absolutely. You look at their forward line, I always thought with, you know, they got American as their key forward. Who's going to. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to keep the goals correctly. Uh, American with goggles is a key forward too. <laughs> that's right. But you're right. It's like he's got a lightness, a lightness to him, and he creates a you know yeah real lightness in the environment, the air that that he's he uh, he'd have. I'm not obviously within Colin, but you can just you can feel it. And the way they play, that's what we see as outsiders looking in. And. Um, he he's a great just back yourself boys and we make mistakes we see it when you know as a few weeks back they'll forget what happened someone missed a goal it was a Monty, and he's on the boundary line he's always having a giggle and a chuckle you know he's not let's you know, get on with it so his whole approach and mentality is one of um enjoyment um of fun um and and hard work you know he was a really great and a great role player like i must have said about craig mccray Funners, he was one of the first ever high pressure small forwards Lee's, Lee's specific role to him was mate, we want you to keep that ball in the Ford 50, and so he'd come off the ground, and he was only concerned about the amount of tackles in the Ford 50 he'd had. So he brought that um, that real role playing element to our team, which is um, you know one of the real first ever high pressure small forwards. So I, I, I see him as a guy who who really fitted into coaching, done a wonderful apprenticeship over the years as well, lots of areas of the coaching, and he's a perfect fit for um, the biggest club in Australia, and they're, and they're reaping the rewards of it. They're very fortunate to pick him in the end.
1: So you're talking, you know, the likes of Kyle Chandler and Jack Higgins and, and these type of players have got Craig McRae to thank that their position actually exists these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's <laughs> – exactly, yep. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering where you're going then. But, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, he's high like pressure small forwards. <laughs> he, um, he, he brought a lot of that, mate. He was superb. And um, if you, here you go. If you lined up all of our players from the early 2000s and asked us who our favourite teammate was, I think a large majority would say Craig McRae.
1: Really? Not Acker?
0: Yep. <laughs> it might be a couple down the line, I reckon. But <laughs> even uh, short, and obviously, his
1: look, Chris Scott, he's coaching. Uh, just while we're talking about your teammates uh, who are now senior coaches, Chris Scott, what he's done at Geelong, we don't need to go into. I mean, he's creating a legacy for himself down there. Uh, Vossi, uh, have you spoken to Vossi this season?
0: Uh, I haven't for a while. Early in the year, I did. Um but yeah, look, he's. I think he's been doing tough. I mean, it's been a lucky power who obviously coaches under. Obviously, there at Carlton, um, yeah, challenging big club and and the pressures that come with it, and they're in some ways, I don't know, they're unique. But just the ex- external, you know, the, the the corporates and the sponsors that have their say in the media and ex players, and it's pretty unprecedented the the Carlton scrutiny that they get as a footy club. Um, so look, it's no doubt he's a tough man. I and he doesn't want any mm. any any. Um, you know, any uh, sympathy, no doubt about that, knowing him. Um, I just hope he's enjoying himself and I hope the environment um, is still, you know, it's, it's I would say fun. It's hard to have fun when you're losing all the time. But, yeah, they can bounce back. Obviously, last week before the bye, they had the, the Suns game with the G and hopefully that can be the catalyst for them. Their the midfield start to get on top and I think everything for them starts through the midfield. Um, and, uh, yeah, they uh, – but, yeah, Rossi's. Uh, – let's, let's hope for the Blues fans' sake they start to turn their form around.
1: We're going to talk about the Brisbane side that takes on the Tigers tonight in the second half and, and just where their position. Obviously, Fags deciding not to bring Zorko back into the side. But quickly on the other side of the fence, Richmond played a month of footy now under Andrew McQualter since Dimmer made the decision to step away. Um, Andrew said that he would be prepared to put his hand up or oh, he'd be interested in the in the job if it was available to him. I think um, Neil Balm's come out and said on radio this morning that um, they're certainly going to take him very seriously. But how have you seen the Tigers playing over the last month of footy? They're three and one with that loss coming to Port the week after Dimmer departed. Uh, and, and you know how much of that can be put down to someone like Andrew McQualter who's only been in the chair for a month.
0: Yeah, he's been very impressive, as you said. Won the last three, um, their defence has really started to improve. I just see a stat here that they've actually ranked since round twelve number number one in the competition for scores conceded in their uh, in their defence of fifty. And and when I think of Richmond in their premiership halcyon days, days, so hard to score against the defence was fantastic, wasn't it? Um, and so that and on the flip side. Another stat, their forward handball, I think of Richmond as well, offensively, they, they just go, don't they? Just It's all about territory. Get the ball moving forward. Knock it on if you have to. Flick it on. And they're, they're actually the number one in the competition in the last month around... The forward handball, so they're trying to get back to their what what they've been, I guess. Um, and Mick Walter must have, uh, you know, revigorated the environment somewhat the last few weeks. It's obviously early days, but in terms of being selected as their coach going forward, I think you know the the, the fortune thing for him is that there's a fair runway of the season when he took over to to give himself an opportunity. Um, to me, as an outsider, he's got a bit, that bit of a demeanour of a senior coach. Funners, I think he's he's pretty impressive um, from the exterior looking in, and uh, you know if they can t- continue this form, on, I think he'd be really, you know, potentially in the box seat to take on the role long term.
1: Who took over? Who took over after Lethal? Well, for you guys? Vossie. Was it Vossi? Yeah, Vossi. Oh, no, I'm just curious to know that idea of you've got um, not to draw. Com- direct comparison, but you've got this incredible side that went on this incredible run in the Richmond Tigers that had Dimmer as that lone voice that they heard for so long. And now, what what's that? And you were similarly, Lethal was the voice, Lee Matthews was the voice that you guys heard during your most successful years. What was that voice you you needed after that? And obviously, you got uh, a voice in Michael Voss who'd been within it, you know, as a part of it. I wonder if is it is that what the Tigers need, or do they need a, a new a fresh face on it, or what yeah, what, a, what could players like Dustin Martin and Trent Cotchin benefit from at this stage of their career?
0: Yeah, well, true. Yeah, uh, but on the flip side as well, I mean, some of those senior players won't be there for long going forward, will they? I wouldn't have thought. I mean, Dusty's probably got a few years left. So I don't know, but um, you're right. Yeah, fresh voice, fresh ideas. That that's extremely appealing um, when you're sitting on the board. Coach selection panel thinking about that, but at the same time, Mick Walter, you know, has an advantage as a positive, a pro around that is he's seen what they've been about the last X amount of years. He knows where they've come from, and what, he'd have his own spin on where they he feels that they need to go strategically, structure, list wise as well going forward. So he'd have he'd be across it as well as anyone. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't underestimate the ability of Mick Walter's, um ability to be able to really have a big positive impact on this footy club. Um, you know, if if all, obviously the ingredients are. Uh, Are there as a as a
1: Mm. coach? All right, right. well, we've got a game to talk about. I want to talk about your side, the Brisbane Lions, Uh, Blackie. You are listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you've hit that bell and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'll take a quick break and focus in on the Brisbane Lions next. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you are listening on Spotify, make sure you hit the bell so you're subscribed and you never miss an episode. Liam Flanagan and Simon Black, the three-time premiership superstar for the Brisbane Lions uh, here today. Now, Blackie, let's talk about your mob. Where, where are they at? Where, where are they at? Their, their footy hasn't been great of late, but where do you think they're at? They're still sitting in the top four. They
0: are. They're not playing their best footy, are they? You're right. They've, uh, I think too early in the season, they were starting to uh, – project towards their best footy, but they uh, you know, a few week, couple of weeks before the bye, that started to disintegrate. Um, wins are wins as well. They're building the, – I mean, the loss against Hawthorne really hurts. Um, I think they want to finish top two so they get a home final uh, first week and, and obviously a second chance. So, look, they need to get better. Um, their accuracy is really a little bit off in recent weeks as well. Um, they need to get better around several areas um, – I want to see. I'd love to see Joe Danaher have more of an impact, more presence, as a big marquee key forward. Um, you know, he's 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 just still too inconsistent for mine.
1: He's on um, track to have his best ever season as a lion.
0: Yeah, and I'm probably harsh. I'm probably a bit harsh on him, but I think he can still be more. And I guess for him, what I talk about fun is is. We think of your big key forwards. You come out, yeah, you, you you demand the ball. You take a mark inside foot fifty, and you go back and you kick goals. So for me, I want to see I want to see Joe Dannaher kick sixty plus goals this season, right? Hmm. He kicks so many of his goals through messy, uh, you know, ball on the ground, yeah. handle receive snap, whatever. I'd love to see John to take his game to another level. Come out, take more marks, whether it's in a pack or on the lead. Go back. Think of Jonathan Brown's style and kick the goal say, that needs to be kicked. That that that's what I'm putting I him see on the him.
1: Jonathan Brown, the Daniel Bradshaw, there Lynch type. That's well, what you'd like to see him fulfil.
0: Traditional key forwards, um, yep. you know, big big boppers, and I just oh, I just got question marks on that style of the way he gets a lot of his goals. Whether that's going to stand up for the Lions, um, you know, to make a grand final and win a premiership, oh, I just don't know. Um,
1: did yeah, you did that, you think they looked better last week though? Without they they didn't like fags abandoned that three tall structure inside Ford 50 and it was just Hipwood and Danaher did you think that looked better last week
0: i did and i'd love to see it a bit bit more um, the next few weeks cuz it is can you get in each other's ways and away uh, and and I like when Hipwood's getting up the ground and getting the marks outside forward 50, which is we've seen in recent weeks. He's been really good, Hipwood, uh, last month. So, yeah, and that allows more space for Big Joey to work in the forward 50. So I, I, you're right, Flannis, I'd love to see that. Just the two key forwards up there for a while. Leave, leave the other one on the bench or, or just <laughs> leave out the <other> team. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: now, down the other, talking of, uh, for tall units, f- Harris Andrews last week, 11, to 11 spoils, nine intercept marks. He it was, it was back to his best and the reason he's one of the best key defenders in the comp last week. He was superb.
0: Superb, wasn't he? I mean, on track there to break the record for the most intercept marks, but didn't quite get there. Yeah, he is. He's had a super season. He's uh, fit and healthy and moving really well. Uh, Do you think he needs a Red Bull?
1: Do you think he needs something just to, because, I mean...
0: <laughs> who's more, who's more uh, laconic, Marbio Chole or Harris Andrews? <laughs> oh,
1: Jack LaCostas as well. There's, they're a bit relaxed in this South East Queensland corridor. But did you play with... Were there any blokes in that, the, that um, historic lion side that were just... It, just, it never looked like they were getting out of first gear from an, from an attitude and an energy perspective. Dar- Darrell White was fairly relaxed in the way he went about his footy, wasn't he? <laughs> it's
0: the one that came to my mind. Yeah, what? He was so <laughs> laconic, so cruisy. But when he had the ball in hand, he'd just make great decisions and take great set marks as well. What a player he was. Goodness me. Um, yeah, so he was one. Jared Brennan. Oh, how laconic oh, was Jared Brennan? He was-
1: could have been anything.
0: He was half asleep, yeah. But
1: he was – actually, Jared Brennan was one of the blokes you, you termed a mercenary, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was smart, wasn't Jared it? Jared Brennan and Michael Riscatelli and you started the Q Clash war?
0: Yeah, first first game, and we were the best players on the ground, Joe Brennan well, and Michael Now, Riscitelli. remind
1: us – just for those that haven't heard <laughs> – remind us exactly what you said to – to, you, I mean, first ever Q Clash, Suns into the comp, taking on the Lions, and Simon Black comes out and just throws a bomb. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, unlike me as too, wasn't it? It was very I, unlike you,
0: I remember walking to the press conference and our media manager, Dave Donahue, who's now the CEO for the Brisbane Broncos, he uh, was our media manager, and he goes, oh, we were talking about, you know, the first game, there's no rivalry at this point. What, are we, what, what can, we, how can we throw up here? And I don't know, that, the word mercenary must have been bobbled around in my head that week <laughs> somehow, so... <laughs> I had a go with those poor two blokes and felt pretty awkward after it. And they were, they were the two best players on the ground. I think one of them won the Marcus Ashcroft medal and get on your blackie, your dick.
1: (laughs) You had a word of the day calendar that had mercenary on it and you've gone and thrown it in the press conference. But (laughs) look, you know, they went for the money. But getting back to Harris Andrews because – his his relaxed style can be frustrating at times because it doesn't seem like he's really putting in. But then when he did what he did against St Kilda last week, it's hard to question just how valuable he is to this side.
0: Absolutely, Flanners. And hasn't Jack Payne been a great fillet for him this year? Um, without Marcus Adams there, I was thinking, oh, how's this? But Jack Payne's really stood up. He's, he's been instrumental. Um, look, I think for the Lions to win it, Flanners, they, they're starting. So Rich is out of the team. Zorko is still out of the team. Those guys are around the 33, 34 mark. They've got Jack Gunston up here this year, who who hasn't really hasn't really worked to this point. Um, that they need those three guys fitting fire in the back end of this season for them to to win the premiership. Um, you know they've given some young guys some experience games the last few weeks with these guys out. But for Brisbane to be a real chance, they need Rich Zorko and Gunston fitting fire in. So that's the challenge the Lions have got from a strength conditioning point of view. Uh, phase coaching point of view, I like how he said, I'm going to give Zorks another week off. Um, he's not going to ra- rush Gunston and Rich back. There's still enough games to, to get some work into them and some football into them back in the year. So I think that's wise. They, they can't win it if they don't get those blokes fine and at their best.
1: Do you have those three blokes in their best 22? If, they, if, oh. if, 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 if Brisbane gets to the grand final, do we see Gunston, Rich and Zorko all in the best 22?
0: Yep, yeah, I do. I think you do. Okay. Yeah, Based on those young guys that we've got, great games into them. But Brisbane at their best, those guys are in it.
1: If you've uh, been to our Instagram page, at footytalk underscore pod, you can uh, send through questions to the team uh, every day on Footy footytalk. Uh, this one's come from Alicia Taylor. What's one piece of advice that Lee Matthews gave you that has stuck, presumably post-playing career as well?
0: Well, Lee's whole coaching philosophy was this. It was know your role, accept your role and perform your role. And I think it translates to any organisation that you're in, the ability to just to play your role, submit yourself to the team. Um, you don't always want to play the role you're given. But uh, as a coaching, as a playing group, we understood that uh, if we all did that, we would fulfil our capacity as a group. And that was uh, instrumental in us and our success.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh- John Chandler, which players brought it all back together on the day when the game plan started falling apart? Who do you think does that best for Brisbane now? It's a good question, John.
0: Yeah, I think you'd go to consistency with that. And I think Lockie Neal is the one who is the most consistent uh, over the journey for the line so, in the recent years. So uh, yeah, he's the one for mine. I just think he at times needs a little bit of help. Obviously, wonderful having Josh Dunkley. Uh, who's incredibly consistent as well. So, Brisbane are a better play- team than they were last year, I feel, with, with their additions, but they're probably not playing as well as they, they could. Uh,
1: Pat Rank asks, Who was your favourite player to play alongside during the Premiership years and why?
0: <laughs> well, I mentioned him earlier. Craig McCray was such a great, great fun character to play with. Um, you know, when you're having a tough trot, not winning much, he just brings the lightness and the humour. Um, to to the footy club, to the environment. So, um, again, you can I can clearly see how he's having such success at. Um at, uh, at, at Collingwood and I can't leave out my old mate, Lukey Power. He was one of my favourites too and obviously the superstar in Vossi as well. I'm going through half the team here. Fun.
1: I was going to say, <laughs> it's a pretty hard team to pick. Uh, Lukey Power is, I tell you what, we talked about the impact Matt Randell's having across the footy lands, had across the footy landscape. Lukey Power with where he's what he's doing at different clubs over his career is really starting to leave an imprint too. Quickly on, on Pat's question, I just want to pivot there. Who was one player in that, in that team that you were thankful for? Week to week, you didn't have to play against.
0: Yeah, Fossey'd be one, no doubt about that. Fossey's ability when the ball's on the ground and to just like take bodies out—he was a lunatic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Probably him, Martin Pike. Pike,
1: we Mike Pike's scary. Like that's if you if we had to maybe that's a, for another day. You, you the list of AFL players you didn't want to bump into in a dark alley. Mike Pike was I always watched him as a kid just going he's terrifying.
0: <laughs> Martin terrifying.
1: Pike, yeah, he was terrifying. Not Mike Pike. Mike <laughs> Pike less scary. Martin Pike much more scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Martin Pike not
0: headbutted our CEO on a mad Monday night so ah! <laughs> Because he, he was getting one-year contracts and not two. <laughs> <laughs> Did Craig McRae have
1: that on the planning list? It Was that on the sheet?
0: Actually, it was very late. Fly and I were at the bar next to it, so we saw it happen.
1: <laughs> sorry. Hold on. Quick. Share as much as that is safe to share for podcasts. You're at the bar. Mike Pike is – Martin Pike, sorry – is having a discussion with your CEO about his contract situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well Pikey came to Brisbane on one year deals, and, and um, I, I think every year he was at the club for, let's say, six years. They were all one year deals, and he was such a great, consistent, real leader. One thing um, Pikey did, he played in a premiership before we ever played in one, and he brought the element of, of hardness and what was required, you know, behavioural and so forth. Well, maybe on field behaviour, but. Um, um, and, and so um yeah, this this mad Monday he uh, he got sick. It was pretty it was pretty late, It's Like it was real late and, <laughs> and I'm not sure what the CEO was still doing, I'm not sure what we were still doing out, but he 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 just he flipped and he and the CEO had glasses on, Michael Bowers, and he's going whack and, and just had Did he, he, had did he get
1: the two year deal?
0: No, I thought he was gonna get sacked, but Brownie <laughs> Brownie was after a four grand final we lost. Brownie got five weeks' suspension and so Lee thought, Oh, we can't we can't sack Pikey, will give him another contract. Can be our centre-half forward for the first five or six weeks of the year? So that's what happened. <laughs> I think I think Lee secretly loved Pikey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. He probably reminded him of himself in some instances. Uh, last one, quickly, Blackie. Uh, great question here from Jan Jacobson. Uh, for young players coming out the the ranks, ranks, what advice would you give them to help them stand out? Do you think extreme high levels of fitness are valued more than skills when you're initially drafted?
0: Well... I think one skill that gets overlooked a little bit is uh, is what's the most important skill for mine in the game? It's been able to win your own ball. You got to be able to win your own football, whether it's on the ground or in the air. Um, and there's a lot of attributes required to do that. A lot of body work and keeping your feet and, um, and anticipating where the ball is and so forth. So, being able to win your own ball is really really critical. Um, I think. I think the game these days it's so structured and strategised. Even when I was assistant coaching at the lines, some players at AFL level can hide behind structure and strategy and knowing that really well, whereas the fundamental skills of the game let them down. You know, I'm talking about fumbling or, you know, hitting a kick that you should just should hit um, at that level or whatever skill it is. Those fundamentals are the ones that help you stand out. Being clean below your knees is a massive one, whether you're six foot five or you're. Five foot five, being able mm. to take the ball cleanly. So, that, those sort of things. So, being able to be clean and win your own footy to pick two, two skills would be the ones for
1: mine. Oh, words of wisdom there from the uh, three-time premiership star, Brownlow medallist. He did it all. Simon Black, uh, that is all from us. If you've got a question uh, for Footy Talk at any stage, you can get us on Instagram at Footy Talk underscore pod or TikTok at Footy Talk pod. Tomorrow, Abby Holmes and Joe Montagna jump into the chair. Simon Black, that's all from us. Uh, we will be calling uh, the game tonight. Lions taking on the Tigers at the Gabba on the listener app. L-A-S-T-N-R, it's the best place to hear all your triple M footy talk. Um, Simon Black, we'll see you tonight at the Gabba.
0: Always a treat, Flannis. Thanks for having me.
1: Listener.